your favourite albums. Disgust. Track by track. On today's podcast... Do you like to dance? Why, yes. Yes, I do. Villains. The new album by Queens of the Stone Age. Honestly, the best album ever. That's true, actually. Now, here are your hosts, Campbell and Jack. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Track by Track with Campbell and Jack. Firstly, the reason why it's special is that I've actually been able to steal back the microphone this week and do the intro. Yes. So, my name is Jack Walker and joining me once again as always, Campbell Morath. Hello, Jack Walker. How are you, mate? I'm very excited today. Today's going to be a bit different, but I'm excited. I'm I'm a little nervous. A bit nervous. I'm a little nervous. I'm, I'm coming in completely uh, blind. I have no idea what I'm going to think, what I'm going to say. Uh, bit like always. Bit like always. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, for everyone who does not know, today we are discussing the brand new Queens of the Stone Age album, Villains. It was literally released today. I was at JB Hi-Fi at 9.30 this morning buying the album in a practically empty store. Mm. There were a couple other people there. One person was buying a computer monitor yeah. and another lady I think was just rummaging through the Blu-rays yeah going for some uh, John Wicks with Keanu Reeves or something nice yeah so good for her but we will be talking about the new Queens of the Stone Age and we'll be listening to the album for the first time we've heard snippets here and there I've heard a little bit more than you have yes and I'll word you up to uh, songs that I've heard a little bit more of but we're going into the album mostly blind there's still at least uh, in my case five or six tracks I have no idea what they sound like Mm. So I'm very excited for that. So before we jump into that, a bit of news this week, Campbell. Mm. Uh, so firstly, brand new Foo Fighters song, yes. The Sky is a Neighbourhood. So uh, I sh- just literally showed you this about 20 minutes ago. Mm. Uh, what were your initial thoughts? I thought it was actually sounded a little bit like a Queens of the Stone Age song. Yeah, f- funnily enough. Yeah. Well, it, it was funny because Foo Fighters, of course, have this album coming out, Concrete and Gold. Apparently, they were literally... Uh, up the street from each other, from where Queens of the Stone Age were recording right. this album and where Foo Fighters were, were recording. So right. there may have been a bit of influence. Mm, yeah, I, I, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a very um, kind of poppy in a way. It was a little bit poppy, yep. Um, I thought it sounded different. Like they're usually with kind of Dave's vocals, it's always a really clear mm. um, vocal channel. He had a bit of a kind of a distance between him and the microphone. It was quite, kind of cool to hear. Yeah, that, that was a cool effect yeah. in those verses. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. It's very melodic. Yeah, at times, it'd be interesting it? to see kind of how it fits in the album and how it is played live. I haven't heard it played live either. Uh, it's been played live, I think. Right. Uh, I think it was actually played prior to it release, but I didn't actually get a chance to yeah, listen to I it. Yeah, I haven't heard it live either. So. But yeah, it's very interesting. As I said, it was quite melodic. I thought there was a bit of a you know Beatleism in there. Yep. Uh, especially in those verses with the guitar tones, I think. Yeah. Very very 60s style, very in that Beatles vein. Yep. Uh, The drums sounded good. Yes, they did. And who is it they're working with? Because with Queens of the Stone Age, they're working with Mark Ronson on this album, Villains. I think Foo Fighters were working with Greg Kirsten? I think so, yeah. Who has produced a lot of other, you know, pop acts over the years. Yeah, so not Butch Vig? No, not Butch Vig this time. Oh, there you go. Isn't that sad? Hmm. Yeah. Butch. Butch. But look, overall, I, I rated the song quite highly. Maybe not as high as Run, which I really enjoyed. That was just typical Foo Fighters fare, that you know catchy stadium chorus rock. Yeah. Uh, this song, I do like that they've tried something a little bit different, and I look forward to hearing more. Mm. Uh, even though, I mean, I love the song. I wasn't completely sold on it, but it makes me excited because they're trying something a little bit different. 
mm. uh, as opposed to normal. And just uh, looking at the the album and what I've heard so far, it looks like they're really you know going. I wouldn't say going all out, but they certainly are trying a lot of different things, which is highly encouraged for a band who's been around for you know a good twenty years or so. Mm. Certainly. The other thing, uh, Campbell, is that you said you had a bit of a listen to the new Paul Kelly album. Yes. Would you like to provide a brief little review for that? Yeah, I was just saying, I don't think I've heard it all the way through, but I kind of heard snippets again, because I kind of want to wait until I have the physical copy. Right. Because um, I'm one of those people that, um, when it comes to Paul Kelly, you buy everything, regardless if you like it or not. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm going to buy it and, and give it a, a real good listen. But from what I've heard, it's a, it's a bit different. I heard him in an interview talking about... Yep. Um, how it kind of relates to his last kind of previous albums and it's um, it's a little bit more rocky it's a little bit more kind of instrumental mm. based which is which would be cool to see because some of the guys he's got playing on like you know Peter Luscombe and and who's that guy Ash someone who plays on all those Ash he played with Dan Salton all those guys it's him as well he plays on Rockwiz now okay um so, as like as like the guitar player yeah, or something for yeah the, the house band yeah so he's on isn't that just a dream job yeah that's a dream doing job that? I've so envious of those guys who get to do that job, just pumping out, you know, classic riffs and yeah. all that. Sorry, go on. Yeah, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes because he's, he's put out, like, an album in the last... He's put out, like, five albums in the last six, seven years or something, so... He's quite productive. Mm. He's always doing something to be good. And he's actually... He's coming out later this year, which I'll, I'll go to. He's playing at the Royal Botanical Gardens. He's doing... Oh, that'd be He's doing thing. a world tour in parks. Okay. So live, open, kind of amphitheatres and stuff, which I think would be really, really cool. So Royal Bot- Botanical Gardens. So they'll like set up a stage yeah, there or stage, something. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to like protect it from people. Yeah. But I'll go and I'll find out and I'll, I'll be able to lock and ch- I can go in live to you. <laughs> yeah, you and, can be our correspondent. Yeah. Like uh, record a little, you know, review there. Yeah. Record a song or two yeah. for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how we go. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. He's one of my all-time favourites. So I know. He's sort of like, when you think about it, the Australian Bob Dylan I, some, yeah, I think he's degree. probably even better because he, mm. he he writes about things that you know Bob Dylan writes about kind of human issues, whereas yeah, Paul Kelly writes about Australian issues. That's true. You know, yeah, he writes about going to the footy, Australian lyrics. You know, and he's got a song called Bradman, and he's got all this kind of <laughs> that's stuff. That's true. He does. So it's it, it, oh, yeah, I remember you showing me that song, yeah, the Bradman song. Yeah, it, it resonates. It resonates more with me, I think, than than Dylan's music. But certainly in the same vein, you know, it's a. Uh, um, singer-songwriter, highly lyrical, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. well, I'm sure we'll do this album and, and many other Paul Kelly albums in the next well, I'll thousand be, I'll, episodes. I'll be uh, the judge of that, I yeah. think. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I haven't particularly liked Paul Kelly. I'm just not sold on a lot of his stuff. So, I might, I might need to have a bit more of a listen. Right. Maybe you can uh, show me a thing or two from this new album. I will. But, Campbell, the reason why we're here today, as we mentioned before, is to have a look at the new Queens of the Stone Age album, Villains. Yes. So we'll move on to that now. Great. I look at it. This is an an audio diary of a lifetime. I want to make my mark my way and try to explain this process of living. I document it by trying to play songs. We knew that there was going to be a perception, an outside perception of what Mark Ronson would bring to this project. But, you know, we're fans of each other. He's a Queens fan, so we had a lot of faith that he knew how to let us just be us. And it was great. He would he would kind of reel us in when we needed to be. And, you know, I think we both had something to lose going into this and a lot to gain. So it was like, you know, mutual risk reward scenario. The reason that I asked Mark Ronson to do this is because he called me the other night and he said, 
I was at a restaurant. He was here in London. I was in the States. And he goes, I just was at this really kind of hoity-toity restaurant. And this 19-year-old, like, blonde kid who's a busboy came up to me and said, I don't want to get in trouble, but I'm so excited to hear the Queens of the Stone Age record. I've loved the first song. And then Ronson said, come back here at the end of the meal and I'll let you listen to something on my phone that no one's heard. And he, he called me and he goes, and I did. And he was so excited. And he said, thanks. That he, I can't remember what the, co- the kid had some great comment. And I just thought, that is exactly why I asked you to do this, because you're a music fan. I've been waiting for this for a couple months. Yes, it's been uh, the topic of, of lots of speculation and conversation over the last few podcasts, especially. Yes, always... yes we've, we've chatted about it. We've known we're we've, uh, going to do it on the day it's, it was going to be released. We're always going to do that. Yeah. But knowing the day has finally arrived, it's... I'm just exciting. so excited. Yes, it's very I'm exciting. so excited. I've got the album literally here in front of me, and oh, I just love it. Mm. Yeah, we just had a uh, Facebook Live we did. stream, so if you want to check it, it only goes about eight minutes, so yeah, we check, just, check that you out. Know, have a bit of a look at the album, talk, uh, talk about it a little bit. Open it up. And o- open it up, see, what it's, see what's inside. Mm. It's like Christmas. It's like Christmas, exactly. Yeah. So if you haven't checked out the Facebook Live yet, we highly encourage you do, and also to give the page a bit of a like. When, while you're there, as I well. Suppose. And also on that topic, iTunes. So if you're having a bit of a listen to the podcast and you're just thinking, you know what, guys, you've done all right. Mm. You know, you're doing okay, or even if we're not going okay. Yeah. Go onto iTunes, go to the rating review section for Track by Track with Campbell and Jack, and just give it the old five-star treatment. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like, good. And uh, give it a bit of a review saying what you like about the podcast, maybe what could be improved, because we're always looking to, you know, improve the podcast somewhat. Yeah, and we're going to keep saying it in every podcast and yeah. until we see lots more. Until ratings. we see lots more. <laughs> so, exactly. You might as well do it now. Yes. So going back to villains, it's interesting with this album. So talk about the promotion of mm. the album a little bit. So firstly, we started with that, was it like the polygraph? Yeah. Uh, announcement video. Yeah. So you've got Liam Lynch. I think we spoke about this in a podcast a, a while back. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you have Liam Lynch, uh, who's the uh, director of Tenacious D: Pick of Destiny, yes. along with like a lot of Foo Fighter music videos, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Uh, and you know the humorous touch they typically have in their videos. So he's hooked Josh Homme up to a polygraph and essentially asking him all these questions about the new Queens of the Stone Age album, Villains. Yeah. Which, which Josh Homme goes on to he blatantly. Yeah. Uh, refuses to accept its existence. <laughs> No, I haven't, I haven't D- heard. Doesn't exist. He literally plays a song from the album. He's like, no, I haven't. No, I haven't heard. That sounds great. It sounds, sounds great though. Sounds, sounds great though. <laughs> to me, it's just such a brilliant way to announce the album. Yeah, and they're all it's, sitting there as yeah, well. Yeah, they're all sitting. The whole band is sitting there. <laughs> barely any of them say anything except for Josh. Yeah. But it's just their presence, and it's you know I love a band with a good sense of humour. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. like the Foo Fighters, going back to that, and yeah, it makes them kind of more um, real, real. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you know, they don't take themselves too seriously. And what caps this off is that in the intro, funnily enough, uh, we didn't play any songs from the album, mm. uh, mainly to maintain that sense of illusion that we haven't heard it yet, even yes. though me and post production clearly has. Yes. Uh, we play that part where Josh Homme says, "Honestly, the best album ever." Yeah, I think that's Josh Homme anyway. How can a band like Queens of the Stone Age get away with such a statement like that? Yeah, it's quite inc- it's quite incredible. It's because of their self-deprecating humor. Yeah, in a way, I'm not sure if you remember in the lead up to Like Clockwork, they had that Secret of the Sound. Yeah, right. Sort of video. Yeah, yeah. That, that's on. A, that's honestly like the little tagline, the Secret of the Sound. Yeah, the little stinger thing. Um, 
and you had a couple guys go down to the Queens of the Stone Age studio and interview the band members. And it was just so, they're all so pretentious and just uninteresting people. And yeah. they just, there was this fantastic moment where uh, the interviewer notices that Josh Holm is like, oh, what, what the hell is that? And he's like, Josh Holm's just like, oh, what, the severed ear next to the amplifier? <laughs> I haven't seen that. Oh, you, I'm sure you've seen this. Oh, I'm no. sure you've seen it. Yeah. Well, actually, I'll tell you what. I'll play it for you now. I'll yeah. play the section for you now for the people at home, and I'll play the section now, Campbell. Secrets of the sound. There's a severed ear attached to a mic stand. Yeah. Well, let me show you. That's uh, actually a human ear. We uh, we experiment with a lot of different recording techniques and, and styles, and and uh, a fan actually sent this one in and um, sent you their own ear yeah you know to use because then this the music sounds just as if you're hearing it good god he sent you his own ear in the post for you to use on your album well i mean i i, I did ask him yeah i think i've um i think i may have seen that actually you may, you may have seen that yeah it's still a funny little moment just that well i i did ask him. i did ask him yeah so they just have that, yeah, self-deprecating look at things. And that's why they can get away with making that sort of statement of, honestly, the greatest album ever, because they don't actually really mean it. Yeah, right. Yet they're able to produce a record, or hopefully they're able to produce a record. We haven't heard it yet. Mm. Uh, that, you know, sort of lives up to the expectation. And yeah. you know, people go, wow, this is actually a really good album. Yeah. And, you know, what I've heard so far has been really promising, so I'm looking forward to getting into it. Absolutely. But moving on to the other bit of the promotion, so another video popped up a couple of days ago, and it essentially looks at. So Liam Lynch returns again, yeah. And it's such a this is such a brilliant concept. I can't believe I never thought of a band doing this before. Yeah. It essentially involves Liam Lynch uh, holding a focus group or something like yeah. that with all the other albums in the band's catalogue. Yeah. So and they all have the different personalities. Yeah, different personalities. So for example, their first album is. You know, a bit of a, like a stoner. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm too high for this yeah, right now. Yeah. Rated R is like, I couldn't really get Rated R. He just says, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's like a bit of an accent. Maybe it was like something with where the album was recorded yeah, I'm or not sure. something in his, uh, you know, vocal tone during that album. I haven't listened to Rated R in quite some time. Yeah. Uh, Songs for the Deaf, which uh, has this brilliant moment where Songs of the Deaf from us, oh, I'm not listening to the new album. Uh, why? Oh, why? Because Nick's not on. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Nick Oliveri is a previous bass player for Queens of the Stone Age who brought a lot of personality to the band. And yeah. a lot of people can't really get over the fact that he's not in the band anymore. Yeah. Uh, and say so that, you know, played the, off the, that. the one true album is Songs for the Death. Yeah, they played on that quite on quite well. Yeah, well, because they had Nick Oliveri, Josh Holm, and, and Dave Grohl yeah. playing on that as well. Yeah. So. Where's Dave? Of course, at the end he goes, yeah, at the end, where's Dave? <laughs> uh, and, yeah, moving on, Lullabies to Paralyze, which is often considered to be like... Not so much like the black sheep of the whole thing, but it's often the forgotten album. Mm. So it's you know you had some great songs on uh, lullabies on on your album, uh, you know you had little sisters like oh yeah that's a good song, uh, medication, uh, burn the witch. Yeah, it's oh yeah they're, they're good songs. Yeah, yeah. They, they were good songs. No, they are good songs. They you know I didn't have great songs. I ha- I didn't had great songs. I have great songs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Era Bulgaris, which features that weird light bulb mascot thing, yeah. which is like, who's uh, currently the band's receptionist, from what he says. Yeah. Uh, they got me working in their offices now, answering the phones like a chump, because I I have good people skills. You know what? I used to be on their freaking album covers, okay? Uh, and then finally, of course, Light Clockwork, which may have been my absolute favorite, because... Uh, 
alongside it being my favourite Queens of the Stone Age album, which is we were quite the spectacle, we weren't. Yeah, it's got this kind of like macabre, like um, almost like Mr. Burns kind of character. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. So that was so clever, so, so clever. Yeah. And it's interesting because all of those different albums all kind of did have different personalities. Yeah, and that's why I'm really looking forward to going into this album, Villains, which first glance seems a bit of a fun album. Yeah. You know, it's going back to that, uh, you know, do you like to dance? Mm. Why, yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. You know, it strikes me that this album is going to be very energetic, very fun, and just overall enjoyable to listen to. And the thing is, is that, look, as you know, I loved Like Clockwork. Yes. That's my favourite Queens of the Stone Age album. Uh, Rated R is also good. A Songs for the Deaf is also good, but Like Clockwork is just... Like Clockwork would be up there with your favourite albums, let alone oh, favourite yeah. Queens of the Stone Age albums. I... I listen to that quite regularly yeah and i just don't get sick of it because there's so much in there yeah um and going into this album when i i remember when they released the first single feet don't fail me mm. and i was really excited for it uh, oh sorry not feet don't fail me it was um, the way you used to do the way you used to do and i was really excited to hear it because i was sort of at that stage expecting like clockwork part two mm. and it you know it was this very energetic dance number yeah um you know Rocky dance disco thing that you know you could almost imagine if Elvis was alive today he that's sort of the thing he would do mm. and I was just like oh yeah mm. oh yeah well it'd be, it'd be early 80s Elvis so early 80s Elvis born in 30 it'd be, it'd be 82 so mm. yeah it'd be um it'd be on right to be still putting out he'd probably be still doing the Las Vegas shows yeah like he did yeah. just before he uh passed away it's true um he'd be doing well on that mm. and yeah so I was a little taken back when I uh, heard the first song but then I sort of realised that this band is never going to essentially stay the same they are always going to grow and evolve and just expand into new and exciting genres and yep. uh, styles of music absolutely so I've heard a, again I've heard a couple of things from this album a couple of further things alongside that and my hopes were justified I was just like yes this is what I want yeah. it's, no, it's not like clockwork but it's something new and exciting and it's what Queens of the Stone Age should sound like in 2017 so moving on to a bit of trivia now so uh, it was released on the 25th of August 2017 what, why does that day seem a bit yeah, familiar that's today Great. today there you go yeah. uh, it was interesting so this album was produced by Mark Ronson which reaffirms that idea that this Josh Homme wants this album to be energetic and fun and something you can really dance to. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was an interesting choice because he hasn't really worked with many rock musicians to this scale before, if no, any. No. You know, he's well known for doing Amy Winehouse's album, which we did, of course, a few months back. It's the second Mark Ronson album we've looked at as well. Yeah, very true. Mm. He did Adele, Bruno Mars, of course, with Uptown Funk. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to hear just you know, the beats and so forth in the, these yeah. songs, you know, how they use rhythm as a real distinctive tool in the songs. Uh, his first real Queens of the Stone Age album, that doesn't really feature any special guests. Yes. yes. I, don't, I don't have uh, any idea on their first album what sort of special, if any special guests they had on that. Well, I think when they kind of achieved some acclaim, they started bringing yeah. in those kind of, um, yeah, big names like Elton John and all that kind of stuff. But I suppose, as you said before, quite rightly, talking about... Um, these bands needing to evolve and, and mm. change. This is one of those things. Um, John Theodore plays drums on this record, who was on the last album, on the very on last the very track. last song, that's right. And we were, I remember from that, that podcast, um, which we, we looked at, um, Like Clockwork, um, 
we said, that drumming's really good. Like, that's really, really good. I hope and it had a bit of a different feel to what Dave Grohl was doing. So yeah. we were like, is yeah, that someone? Yeah, we hope we hear mm. something, some more from this guy. And so he's, an, he's an insane drummer. Yeah. If you've seen him, uh, seen him live. So he's on this record which I'm really, really excited about. Yep. Uh, the artwork was designed by Boneface, who did the that's artwork your, that's for Black Clockwork. He's a big yeah. fan of the podcast. Big, big fan of the podcast. Yeah. He loves the podcast, Boneface. He we actually, should, we yeah. should get him to do some artwork for us. Yeah. Because I love his sort of style for the work he's done for Queens of the Stone Age. It's, off, it's often very dark. and mm. but He loves those bright, vibrant colours mixed in with those dark, dark kind themes. of... Yeah. yeah. Which is really cool, I think. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get him. We'll try and get on to him. Get him to do some artwork for the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, and the other bit of trivia I had here it was actually ranked number one on the Rolling Stone list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Really? Already? Yeah, really? Yeah, really. And this uh, was the list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. That was released like 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Or something like that. So it's quite impressive that it's ranked number one. <laughs> it's amazing. I could have sworn. What What is the actual one? Do you know? In all seriousness. Uh, in, maybe you never know. They could write another one. I mean, yeah. Josh says it's the greatest of all time. Yeah, so. so clearly it must be number one on the Rolling Stone list of 500 greatest albums. But anyway, enough with all that. I'm so excited. We are going to go straight into the first song now. This is Feet Don't Fail Me. Here we go. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That was really cool. Yeah, I, I do wow. have I do have one little thing. Yep. Um, perhaps it could have gone to like a bit of a level above that as a, as an opening track. I get that. It yeah, was groovy. Certainly was really groovy. Really cool. Straight away, those sort of dance beats. Yeah, in, could, that, in that main riff, you could definitely dance to it. Yeah, uh, I love that open kind of soundscape thing. Uh, at the very start of the track. Yeah, so we might play a bit of this in the way it leads to that main riff. You've got some real like '80s sounding synth in yeah. there, which sounds so refreshing. Absolutely. Uh, in this sort of style of music, so I'll, I'll play a bit of that now. reminded that we're going off the cuff here uh you know we wrote a couple of notes while we were listening to the song but you know that just makes it really exciting uh yeah i really like this it, it was so such an intro sort of song uh yeah so you had that gloomy intro the main riffs cool you know what it reminded me of what? it reminded me of smooth sailing a bit off the mm. previous album but you know it's just on Nicotine, Valium, Vicodin, Marijuana, Ecstasy, and Alcohol. It's on everything. Yeah, right. What's that from? Feel Good Hit of the Summer. Oh, the yeah. Song. Remember yeah. That? yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, Yes, it's certainly um, very cool. Great opener. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, there were these riffs around midway through the song that just sort of... Uh, so many different sections in this song. Oh, my God. It's so hard to keep up with yeah. it. The, these awesome, like, little chromatic riffs midway through yeah, the song. Yeah, little, like, really little low bits. Like little guitar bits. Yeah, and they were in this like low tuning, which reminded me of something like Songs for the Deafy. Because mm. uh, that a lot of the early stuff's just like real drop C or drop D sort of tuning. Uh, and these sort of riffs reminded me of that, so I'll play some of those now. Oh, 
again, lots of different sections. I like how they incorporate uh, the synth again later in the song, in the main verse, but Feet Don't Fail Me, great start. Really good stuff. I also like the, you know, sort of personal start to the lyrics, uh, which I caught, which were, I was born in the desert, baby, uh, 17-something, 1973, which is Josh Holmes' birthday. Uh, And sort of a bit of of the story, which uh, uh, the lyrics I caught were, the needle hit the... Groove, yeah. Yeah, uh, I I commenced to move. Yeah. You know, he wants you to dance to this. Like like he did when he first listened to music, so... Mm. And since the title, Feet Don't Fail Me. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant song. Loved right. it. Yeah. So we'll move on to the next song now. So this is the single from the album, and I'm interested to hear how this fits into the album because sometimes when songs are released as singles, you know, they can be a little so-so, mm. but I want to hear how this fits into the concept of this album. So this is The Way You Used To Do. And that was the single yep. that I had heard before. Yep. Um, it kind of sounds cool in the context of this. Yeah, I think it does. After that first yeah. track, I think it really works well. Um, I mean, that's your single there. Um, it's very singly. Yeah, very singly. Very singlish. <laughs> um, uh, it, uh, yeah, really cool. Great dance track. Um, great group, great vocals. I think uh, was so far has been really, really good to see. Um, the kind of... Just that confidence, I think, is the thing with that with um, Josh. The confidence is to say anything, have yeah. a- any phrasing you like, um, falsetto or chest voice doesn't matter. Kind of what he's doing, mm. um, it just sounds great. He does. But then the band sounds great. The drumming on this is fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you think of the drums? It's great. Just doing his doing his job. Yep. Um, I, I notice it's not. It's a fairly light on the cymbals. You know, a real yeah. focus on the you know bass drums. He wants that kind of that body there, the real um, sort of dry. Yeah, even uh, even, even the, the snare is tuned down. Yeah, just not to get anything kind of. I could get really audio on you, but I won't. Uh, any kind of hitting that <laughs> next level above where they want the, mm. the, it to kind of sit in the mix and the balance, um, which is either great um, composition or great production or mm. a mix of both. Yeah. So straight away in the intro. We're introduced to the that main groove of the song, which is uh, shown to that guitar riff, the mm. opening guitar riff. So I'll play that now. Hey. Also, there's like a sound effect of like a motorcycle accelerating. Or yeah, something. I heard that, that. That little intro, which is cool. Uh, the other thing as well, it's some great bass in this song. Yes. Uh, you hear all these great bass parts, but what I love is when that's used in context to like lyrics or something. And there's this part where everything drops out and Josh Tom's saying something about his beating heart. Yeah. And you just hear the bass do, do that little boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll play that part now because I thought that was a fantastic change in the dynamics. So lay your hands across my beating heart. Love. Playing with your hair a little bit. It's in my ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
it's very old fashioned. I thought the song like you've got clapping in it. Yeah, use the percussion. Yeah, almost all throughout the whole song. There's that yeah. kind of clap going on. I said this in the intro, but I, I think this is the sort of song, like, if Elvis started today, this yeah. is, like, the sort of style he'd be in, if you know what I mean. It's, yeah. You know, that little end of the chorus, the way that you used to do. Yeah, that little, yeah. That, it's that, groovy, that, that, yeah. That, that, that's a very Elvis thing, which is ironic, because Josh Homme is often regarded as uh, Ginger Elvis, as a nickname. Yeah. Because can... he loves to move. Yeah, I can he, say he that. He loves to move. For sure. Uh, and there's part of him that, you know, has a bit of Elvis in his face, you know. Yeah. He just has that little look to him. Uh, but look, uh, another good song. It's a lot of guitar riffs, and I'm not even going to even begin to start going through them because we'd be here all day. Yeah. Uh, there's just a lot of good riffs on this out, um, on this particular song, uh, starting with that intro riff, and there's just variations of that as you go through the song that are all played into, you know, in regards to that same groove. Yeah. And it's interesting because at the end of the song, so it drops out, and then we hear this... Uh, again, a bit more of an 80s synth sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, the keyboard was something that was certainly um, used even, you know, these first two tracks. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the way it's being used. I like the sound of it. Do they have a keyboardist? Do they have someone who's actually... Oh, they have, like, just about everyone in the band's a multi-instrumentalist. Yeah, right. Like, you've got Dean Fertitta, who's, you know, pretty much plays everything. You've got Troy Van something, Lewin or something, yep. uh, who plays everything. Josh Hom played piano on Vampire of Time, Memory on the last album, as you nearly destroy part of the studio there. Yeah, I'm care, always care, doing Careful that. there, you've got like the audio thing, oh, yeah. like on the... It's okay. It's, uh, not, it's on the brink there for a while, but we're okay. Yep. It's just like teetering on the edge of the... <laughs> on the computer. But yeah, look, good song. I like the way it fits in with the album. Uh, it's all been very fun so far. Yes. I'm hoping for something a little bit serious next. See, I was thinking that, you know, generally we, we talk about an album kind of a good album will fall and, and rise. Mm. Maybe they don't have to do this on this album. They're breaking the rules. Maybe they can just do have an album that's all out, you know, mm. just all that fun. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see what that, which direction they take. All right, so this next song is called Domesticated Animals, which is an interesting title for a song. And this is the first song on the album that I have heard, or probably we have heard nothing of. Okay. Because we heard a bit of Feet Don't Fail Me in the... Uh, you know, the polygraph video. Yep, yep. And the way it used to do was obviously sing. So this is the first song so far that neither of us have heard anything of. Right. So that makes this very exciting. So this is uh, Domesticated Animals. You know what's interesting about that song? I remember I started listening to it, and just as we were recording now, it, my pants have disappeared. Mm. They're just gone. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, that was... It's just getting weird. That uh, is one of the coolest songs I think I've ever heard. Wow. Just, oh my God, man, that was a to- <laughs> The rhythm, the time signature changes. Yeah. We, we were, you know, looking at each other, trying to count the beat in this song, and there's so many, like, changes of how that goes. Um, 
start from the beginning. So you've got this like really dark and ominous sounding intro, which this band does so freaking well. Mm. Uh, and it has, it's sort of like, I've never heard of a band like Queens of the Stone Age before that deliberately sort of play out of tune, mm. but make it work. Mm. So I'll play that intro part now. next part we go into the verse which is arguably the coolest part of the song yeah. oh my so you've got this little you know guitar riff and josh sings over that a bit and yeah. the rest of the band come in later but I'll, i would, i just want to play that uh part where it's just him and the guitar and the guitar is just really cool today is the day the wilderness Comes to reclaim everything. Burning bridge. And then we get busy. Mm. And then we get really busy and things come out left, right and centre. There's the pounding bass, which, you know, really places an emphasis on what the guitar's doing. And then out of nowhere, this is so really cool, like, pre-chorus part. Yeah. You want to talk us through the pre-chorus part a little bit, just like the phrasing and the... Oh. I mean, yeah, it's great. I mean, the whole thing, especially when you start with that... Um, yeah, kind of coming, going in and out of, of not time, but changing time signature. Yeah. The pre-chorus and chorus and bridge, in fact, are all in straight four. Yeah. Which allows them to go into this, like, it's, it's like just solid rock thing where yeah. you're, like, you're like, oh, yeah, there, there it is. There's the beat. Mm. And then you get back to the verse, like, oh, where's it gone again? But it's just, yeah, it's so groovy. Yeah, just going back to the pre-chorus, the phrasing in that just kills me. Yeah. Dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. It's so catchy. Yeah. It is so catchy. And then you've got the chorus again, which, you know, out of everything, is probably like the least memorable part yeah, of the song, exactly. but it's still really good. Yeah. Oh, this is such a treat. Yeah. Absolute treat. So what was that Domesticated Animals? Yeah. That was called. So we're three tracks in, and all of them have just been six and out so far. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant. And we've still got six songs to go. All right. Well, next one's Fortress. Fortress. Let's get to it. Oh, sorry. Just uh, before we go into Fortress, at the end of Domesticated Animals, similar the way uh, the way that you used to do. At the end of that song, you had this little synthy part at the end. At the end of this song, you've got this like lone String violin section. playing. Yeah. Which is really. Want to really... play that? Yeah. So yeah. People know what we're talking So this is a bit of a pattern so far, and it sort of leads on to the song that is about to play next. Mm. So you hear that violin part, and it sort of leads into what's happening in Fortress, mm. which we'll get to now.
really cool, wasn't it? Holy crap! One thing uh, I'm one thing I'm noticing throughout this um, yep. album is how well it's um, mixed. It is mixed really well, um, isn't it? The panning. I'm just looking at the uh, Alan Mulder mixed this at uh, Pink Duck Studios in Burbank, California. Pink Duck. Yeah. All right. Sure. Why not? So. Mixed fantastically. Um, it just sounds. God, yeah. It just that, sounds great. That, can I just say that was a beautiful piece of music. It was yeah. really good. Um, again, we've just uh, jotted down some notes here. So, firstly, uh, another good intro. This one's more atmospheric. Yep. Uh, so I'll play a bit of that now. Something that really, really loved about this song is the melodies, uh, and really how they change, and you know the chord progressions uh, they uh, that Josh sings over the top to uh, changes from like a minor thing in the chorus to a major chord, and mm. it's a fantastic change and more great synth. Yeah, isn't hasn't the synth been it's really played, good this? It's hour? played a big part, hasn't it? To something that was considered maybe dated. Oh, you know, a number of years back, it is being used absolutely superbly here. Mm. I absolutely love the way they're using it at the moment. Mm. And, uh, Josh Holm, uh, in my opinion, look, as you know, I'm a bit mixed on falsetto sometimes. Uh, in my opinion, Josh Holm has one of the greatest modern-day falsettos out of anyone you'll hear in music. Yeah, uh, he uses he's used it superbly on this album again in this track. It's just a another really good song. Mm. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't put it in the same category as the last three. Well, I, 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 I don't. I don't. It didn't quite do it as much as the last three have. I know the melody's got to me in this one, but go on. Yeah, right. Well, I don't know. It's just um, I'm just reading this in this uh, this album sleeve. It says it names all the string performers, mm. but then it also names a saxophone player. Something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. I didn't. We haven't heard a saxophone mm. on on a Queen's record before, but. Um, <laughs> Probably won't be the last time. Probably won't be the last time now. But yeah, I like the. Uh, I think yeah, the, my favorite part of that is probably the way it sounds, the way it's mixed, the the panning and the mm. and the kind of as you said, the melodic phrasing is fantastic as well. Yep. So. Uh, there's a couple more parts I'll point out. There's a guitar part in the second half of the song where that's just isolated from yep. the rest of everything. It, it's a fantastic tone. Yeah. And I'll play that now. <laughs> Another brilliant use of dynamics by Josh and the boys. To me, they they really, well, Josh, I suppose, because let's be honest, he is sort of coins of the Stone Age. Uh, he's really brought his songwriting game so far. Every song has brought something different so far. Yep. And just by looking at the next track, Head Like a Haunted House, and I sort of know how Head Like a Haunted House is going to sound because I did hear a snippet of it. Uh, it's, it's it's the shortest song so far, so I'm uh, expect something a bit, you know, more high energy and you know, fun. Because, mm. funnily enough, all the songs so far, Feet Don't Fail Me, 5 minutes 42, uh, Way That You Used To Do, 4 minutes 34, Domesticated Animals, 520, Fortress, 527. They're pretty long songs, yeah. yeah. They don't really get boring yeah. so far. Yeah, So I'm absolutely. interested to see how this song, uh, you know, struts its stuff. Mm. I think I think you'll like this one, because what I've heard of this was very promising. So, right, let's uh, give it a whirl. Uh, look, I've loved all four tracks so far, and... Uh, 
Yeah, so hopefully it's five from five, and this is Head Like a Haunted House. That's cool, isn't it? That's really cool. It's like um like the old London beat thing, you know, the old late seventies post punk movement with yeah. the, the kind of punk rock drums yeah. and kind of weird synths and stuff. It's funny you bring up punk because the bass line, you know the song Holiday in Cambodia? Yeah. I get a real the Dead Kennedy. Sort of, yeah, dead, yeah, I get a real vibe of that and that bass line. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, I'll play the holiday in Cambodia, uh, the bass line from Holiday in Cambodia now. And I'll also just play the bass line from Head Like a Haunted House. I'm not trying to say it's plagiarism, but I get such a vibe. A vibe and yeah. it's, it's used perfectly in this song. So here's the bass line here. For a song that's, you know, about three minutes twenty, there's so much packed into it. Yeah, it sounds longer than that, doesn't it? Just yeah. because it's so much to kind of take in. Yep. Uh there's so many <laughs> it's just overload of like it's so much to take in in three minutes 20 there was this really cool part in like the second verse where it was like a call and response thing huh. with josh in like a female voice yeah that was you sound like one of those like japanese anime voices <laughs> <laughs> and you reckon yeah okay yeah 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 you know yeah something like that uh, i'll play that section because i'll play that section now because i thought that was a brilliant use of like theatrics yeah As you can hear, it just builds up to that little crescendo part and and all that. Oh, th- this song is really fun. It was yeah. probably the funnest song so far. Yeah. Um, mainly because it's just short, sweet, full of energy. And then you've got... Th- can I, also, can I just say, um, before I go on to this next part, the band sounds so tight. Well, that's the thing. You know, you can have you know one of the world's best producers and it can be recorded and mixed perfectly, but if it's not there in the first place... You hear so much, yeah... It's got to get tired. Connection between the band. Yeah. Everyone's playing their roles really nicely. Yep. Uh, and that's the thing, like, the guys like Troy and what's the other guy's name? Dean, who just sort of play extra guitars and keyboard. You don't really notice them that much or, you know, yeah. whatever they're doing, but they're just doing their job superbly. Absolutely. You know, if you don't notice someone, then they must be doing their job. Same with, similar deal with the drummer. Yeah. You know, he hasn't. Re- I haven't really noticed him too much, but when I've, you know, really listened, tried to listen and pay attention, everything's mm. just been spot on. Absolutely. He's been... Very, very good. Um, and then you've also got this sort of bridge section, just going back to how everything sounds tight, this little bridge section where everything just sounds bang right on the beat. Yeah. So I'll play that now.
look all around, very good song, and this album has been fantastic so far. Yeah, it, um, I said at the start, I hope they kind of have a energy all throughout the album, and they have so far. I think the song's well placed because you've yeah. had a song like Fortress, which you know is a bit more slow and gloomy, which, yeah. which I loved, and something like this, which just you know goes back to that "Feet Don't Fail Me" way that you do, used to do vibe, just real quick and edgy, and yeah, yeah, absolutely, fantastic. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, it's strange because you know we haven't done any research into lyrical content or themes or anything like that. No, um, it's just taken off off the face value of the song. Um, I'm loving the lyrics I'm hearing though. They just have that different edge. To I like Xanadu and Xanadu. Xanadu and Xanadont. That was pretty cool. Xanadus and Xanadonts. That was brilliant. Um, so yeah, all those little things that you always that you hear um, through in Queens of Stone Age music. So mm. they said it was different before they released it. Yeah, but. It still sounds like a Queen's album, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, without a doubt. So you, there's without no doubting. Doubt. You know, it's not a you know a baroque pop kind of thing. It's, no, it's was it a classic record or an opera record. No. It, it sounds like a, it sounds like Queen's of the Stone Age, which is which is what we wanted. So. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on to the next song. Now I've read a couple of bits and pieces from this album, you know, from critics and just literally. <clears throat> people online you know writing comments and like or the, people who run a podcast and think they know yeah, everything people, about music exactly yeah. and they said this song is an absolute corker of a track okay so we're putting a bit of expectation on it alright Unreborn Again Cool. It's um, all right. Yeah, it's it's bit, funny. Bit man through the middle. Built um, I built it up a little bit after hearing what I'd heard online. But yeah, out of everything, it's probably the most forgettable so mm. far. Uh, maybe a bit too long. Yes, it's, it is close to seven minutes. This one. But big um, big props to Eric Gerfan, uh, Daphne Chen, Leah Katz, Richard Dodd, and James King, who all the first four play the strings. On this, oh, yeah. and the saxophone is James King. Um, added a completely different thing to it. As soon as if we could just even just play from before we go into it, um, from that part where the the strings start. Yep. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, you could cut out a verse or chorus of this song. Put that in. Put put that in, uh, and then yeah, cut a minute and a half to two minutes off, and it'd be a really really good song. Yeah. Because um, th- that part is just fantastic. That's great. The strings sound fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely and that sensational. Acapella, the whole band kind of yes stops playing. Yep. Um, and it just leaves the 
this really beautiful. You know, I I hate the violin. Really, I really don't like violin, unless it's <laughs> unless it's played perfectly. Yes. And this is played perfectly. It's oh, it's a real rock thing. It's it's there's like little bends and all different kinds of um, intonations. Um, mm. Played by the violin, sounds really great. And that saxophone, that old kind of yeah, you know, towards the end, Bruce Springsteen style tenor sax, yes, um, was really really cool. So it's interesting because you look at that, all the strings and everything, and you look at the way this song started, and you nearly uh, yeah, that, had that, that against again. the edge yeah. again, nearly fell over again. That bit of equipment, um, and it's sort of like a video game synthy feel, yeah. if you know what I mean. So I'll, I'll play a bit of that now. Verses, choruses aren't that memorable. Mm. I'm not going to remember that in 20 minutes, whereas, you know, Domesticated Animals, Fortress, I'm going to remember those things yeah. and, uh, after we do this. And yeah. the only thing I'll remember that song is that string section and the Josh Holm a cappella thing, cause, which we played earlier, because that part is fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And it concludes pretty nicely as well with that sort of reprise of that. Um, I don't have too much else to say about it. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed with that because I heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah. Oh, well. Two high expectations, maybe. I think so. Uh, we move on. Gee, we've only got three songs left. Yeah, it's well, when it's new, I suppose it's mm. moves quickly. Yeah. Um, but Hideaway is the next track at yep. number seven. Yep, we'll go to that now. Dare I say that Hideaway is a bit of a throwaway? Yeah, it uh, doesn't really add all that much, does it? No, it's yeah, a bit meh. I yeah. prefer to Unreborn Again uh, to this. This one's probably least favourite so far. Yeah, how long did it go for? Uh, four minutes, right. around about. Uh, so it's probably, you're not losing too much. No, it didn't add anything really of note. There's nothing too memorable from it. Again, it's not that it's a bad song, it's just it's nothing. But, like, compared to what we've heard so far... Mm. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit you know, even distracted yeah. during that. So much so. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> that, how's that for a segue? Yes. So much so that I went on the uh, Queens of the Stone Age Instagram yes. and I found a post um, they put up uh, a few days ago, uh, four hours ago, in fact. Um, right. To, it was saying, support your local butcher. And it says... Uh, Villains butcher paper available here, and it's just uh, they've got all of the little characters from the villains uh, album sleeve, mm. and they've turned it into butcher paper, and they get, they've given it away to I think you know about thirteen or fourteen. What what an interesting like little promotional yeah campaign. Very strange. 
uh, <laughs> but cool. I mean, the butcher oh, paper it, looks really cool. Oh, I'm sure it does. Um, and they've tagged all of the um, all the, all the butchers that have their. They must be like you know specialist kind of butchers. I wouldn't just assume that it's just whoever. Um, they've also uh, they've got two garages in Mexico oh, that's City cool. that's been painted. Yeah, you're showing me that now. Um, in the style of the art. So they've got color. they've got you know some very cool. Um, uh, you know, we talk about how they market themselves. So it's all very funny, all very quirky. And a couple of photos of, you know, Mark Ronson and, and Joshua Holm speaking deep, deep in thought, deep in thought about the uh, about the album and all that kind of mm. stuff. So, um, it's so important these days for those big bands to have a, a, a presence um, on oh, online yeah. and on social media. So good for them. Much like uh, or in in your local butcher. Or in your important local for your local rock band to have a presence in the local butcher. That's it. Who would have thought? Uh, but look, going back to Hideaway. Uh, a couple of vibes I got from this and from the previous song. A couple of very Bowie-influenced songs. I, I, got the, I the start of this was very Bowie. I found yeah. the, the, the kind of opening yeah, minute I'll, or so. I'll, I'll play a little bit of that now. Cool. But yeah, overall, just a... Uh, a bit of a meh song yeah but fortunately i know what's coming next number eight the evil has landed yeah brace yourself i haven't heard this one Thoughts on that one? Yeah, that was really good. There was just so many things. That, I know, there's so much in that song. That, there's some things that I would have changed. Um, this is the kind of, what we talked about before, trying to keep this in this kind of oral sphere where there's no highs. You know, it's all mid mm. and lows and real bassy. And, and, and in that last bit there, where it's kind of rocking along at the end, I just want to hear a big, you know, like a trashy crash cymbal or a china yeah. cymbal just getting the, you know, the bejeebas hit out of it. <laughs> but because it's... This, they won't let it get to that kind of level. Yeah, we spoke about earlier how the symbols are sl- a slightly restrained. Yeah. On this album. So it feels as if it's they're holding back. Mm. They're not. I know they're not holding back, mm. but the the way it's been produced or mixed, perhaps there were symbols in the original mix and they've, they've yeah just they've taken them out. Yep. Um, it just sounds as if it's kind of restricted a little bit, which is kind of annoying to me. Um, the song was really good. Long. Yeah, a bit, bit long, but... Long. It's six minutes? Yeah. Six plus? Yeah, yeah. six plus. Yeah. Uh, again, it's one of those songs... This is sort of like a longer version, like uh, Head Like a Haunted House, in that it's just so many sections that are uh, thrown into the one song, and all of them work. Uh, special shout-out to Mikey Schumann. He is on absolute fire. On the, uh, on the bass? Song. Absolute fire. Killing it, yeah. Have a listen to the song, uh, and he. there's just some... Bass parts in this song that are absolutely sensational. Do you want to find some and play them? I'll try. Yeah, so let's well, just... we'll throw to that now. Yeah, again, so many parts in the song. That main riff. Yeah. Was, I I think the first three quarters of the song. Uh, them crooked vultures song 
Yeah. It's like a lost long them Crooked Vultures song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, the bass is so prevalent, like in them Crooked Vultures, so that's an interesting comparison. Um, the Evil's Land, I didn't really hear any lyrics. No? That were kind of any good. I, I can really decipher any. Yeah, I think that's also the way it's mixed. The, the, the lyrics weren't very clear. Um, but, uh, yeah, apart from those kind of two things, great song, kind of in the right position as well I, in the album. I love the bridge. Bridge uh, is good. Which uh, takes a bit of a, more of a minor, depressing feel to the song, which, yeah. I'll, which I'll play now. <laughs> leads to that nice little lead section which maybe goes on a little bit too long probably a little long a yeah. little bit too synth- long or, or you synth- could even synth- the synth's cool that, um, oh, towards the uh, towards the yeah. end oh yeah we haven't actually uh, did we play a section from the I don't end? think we played that bit we just no. talked about um, so this section at the end so you've got this uh, medium pace rock song for most of the duration of this and then in the final minute and a half you've got this more high speed it really remind me of some of the earlier stuff mm. um Real dry sort of yeah yeah yeah, uh, some of that earlier stuff and the way it sounds and it's cool how the synth reprises the main riff. Mm. So I'll play a bit of that section now. Dave. Where's Dave? Dave ain't here, man. Dave's not here, man. <laughs> Where's Dave? Uh, Dave actually would have been really good on that song. He would have, yeah. I think. Um, just to, sorry about that noise. Um, just to throw back to that kind of what he does in them Crooked Vultures. Yeah. Um, yeah, because this song has, that ending part has him written all but over But Dave would have had, had the crashes going and the which would have been fantastic as well, but you know, you got to take it on on what they give you. I think that was probably a Maybe a six and a half or seven out of ten as far as how good it could have been. Mm. Um, they just missed the, a couple the, things. The bass elements are there. Literally the bass elements. Yeah. Mikey Schumann again. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the basses is there. Just maybe a little bit of trimming here and there to make yeah. it that really, really strong song. And this was the second single as well. So I had heard this yeah. uh, prior to going in. And you were restrained yourself. I remember, I think it was the last podcast we did. And I was just like, Kelly, you've got to have a listen to this. No, 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 mate, no, 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 no. Don't do it to me. Don't do it. Don't tell me. Don't do it. So you finally have had a bit of a listen. And yeah, I do really like this song. 
And going into this, I thought, oh, this is probably going to be as good as we're going to hear. But going back to like domesticated animals, that's, and that's, fortress, that's been the family. best. Oh my! Domesticated oh. animals been the best for me so far. Yeah. So we'll see if the very last track, number nine, which is you've kind of freaks you out a little bit. Being a, is it because it's an even number, or, if it, or because it's an odd number, or is it because it's so close to ten? Oh, it's and not so 10? close to ten. I just like having that big round number. Well, it looks as if we're actually going to cut one out, Jack. So we're probably going to get yeah, down to eight potentially. potentially. Bit's a bit, you know, I'd say it's a bit controversial of taking a song off an album we've only listened to once, and that's only been out for about thirteen hours. True. However, you, you never know. We'll see. This can be like our first impression. Like maybe we put. We'd leave that off now, but if we were listening to this in like two weeks' time, we might be like, yeah. oh, yeah, this sort of works around here. So, maybe. Um, so, uh, not sure what song we're referring to there, if you've listened to uh, the whole podcast so far. <laughs> uh, so, this is the final song off the album, Villains of Circumstance. Stay tuned. Yeah, good closer. Yeah, um, probably the closest thing we've heard to a you know real ballad. I think so, and, yeah. I, and I think that's quite fitting. You know what I find interesting about this album that is differs to the last album. Go on, no piano. That's true. I yeah, I thought I was going to hear some. I yeah. always thought, I actually thought there was going to be with the strings. Mm. Thought it was going to be a piano. Oh, that really beautiful, especially the closer. That's what I was, actually what I was thinking was going to happen. Well, it, it it reminds me a little bit of the song like clockwork from the previous album. Cause that's yeah. very piano and doesn't, string doesn't heavy. Doesn't kind of lend itself to that. Maybe they want to kind of get away from that. Yeah, whole and I thing. and I, I can see that. And, I don't you blame know, them either. And that sort of yeah detracts from what they're trying to do in this with this you know theme of this album, which is fun, energetic dance. And you hear that in the chorus, which is I think is fantastic. But I think I would have preferred it, you know, with like a piano string thing. Uh, rather than, you know, the... Although we hear some cymbals, finally. Yes, that, get, yeah, they chorus. open up that threshold um, of compression and allow I, some cymbals I, I th- through. I feel like that would have been uh, cool in a more of a half-time sort of feel. Yeah. I also um, reckon... Sorry, you go. No, you go. Oh, you go. Oh, you stop it. I, I forgot what I was You hang say. up first. Um, <laughs> the... Um, oh, God, I did that again. Sorry, guys. Um, the That snare drum is pretty heavily... Um, Compressed. Yeah. That song, you can really hardly hear the thing. Mm. It's like it's a little bit like a cardboard box to take away from the yeah. the great kind of production that's been going on. I think that snare was probably a little bit touched up. Actually, the whole drum sound is a little bit touched up because yeah, this is a lot more heavily produced, I think, than their previous yeah. album. There's a lot more details gone into individual sounds, mm. bringing things in, kind of panning things. So it's all over, all over the shop. Um, but it's interesting. It's different. It and is I different. like the fact I, that I do like. Yeah, it, yeah. That they've they've tried to kind of tighten the screws up a bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know maybe they've overdone it in some areas and underdone it in some others. But I think as a first listen, I'm I'm impressed. Oh yes. It's certainly album that I'll be buying and I'll be listening to more and more. Um, but uh, yeah. well, get get your own copy first yeah. off. Um, yeah. Don't mooch off mine. <laughs> Uh, Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, well, uh, again, Mikey Schumann. Fantastic on this Very good on this song. Album. On the whole record, really. Yeah, r- really, let's be honest. Uh, so he starts off with that bass sort of chord progression in the in the opening, which, you know, 
the tone of the bass sort of suits itself nicely to the real direction of the song. So I'll play that now and a little bit of the melody that Josh Hom puts over the top. Again, it might drag on a little bit too long, this song. And I yeah. think there's a, you know, maybe a verse too many. Although saying that again, I, I wasn't really paying attention to the lyrics. Perhaps it probably... Uh, and so maybe it was telling a story, but... Perhaps it probably drags on too much because of the past song dragging on too long as well. Yeah, maybe. So maybe it, it just an, feels It's another like it's all... six plus minute song. Yeah, which is, which is a long song in anyone's book. Yeah. So maybe just uh, first reflections of the album, maybe another, you know, couple of quick three-minute songs in yep. replace of a song like uh, Hideaway, so, which didn't really offer too much. Another, you know, quick head-like-a-haunted-house sort of song in that position. Yep. Cut a couple of minutes off Unreborn again, because I think that's a good enough song to stay. I had a few good moments. Evil as Landed can cut a verse. This song, maybe just... Yeah, again, maybe a verse, but again, saying that I don't know what the lyrics really meant in this song, I wasn't paying attention to them, so he may have been telling a story. Yeah. Um, so look, that is that. We have done the album, Campbell. Mm. And usually, uh, I always forget the order for this, whether we go first track or restructure. But today, I think we'll go for first tra- uh, favorite track. Favorite track, domesticated animals. Yep, without a doubt. I something about Fortress that I really liked, and I'll go back to that quite a bit, I think. But domesticated animals, the rhythm in that, <laughs> the feel, and yeah. everything about it was fantastic. I also really like uh, Evil Has Landed. Mm-hmm. That really got me first listen. And Feet Don't Fail Me. Good opener. Really, really strong. It, it started strong and it closed very strong. That's all you need. Album. Don't worry about the middle bit. Mm. It was, yeah, just a few things in the second half of the album. Really, the first half, because I assume the first half is Feet Don't Fail Me, Way You Used to Do, Domesticated, Fortress, and Haunted House. That's pretty much the first side because the final four songs, all of them are about five minutes plus. Yeah. So that's easily enough to fill a second half. Uh, first half, absolutely sensational. Every song, nearly 10 out of 10. Uh, second half, not so much, but there's enough elements there to come back to. You know? I agree. Yep. Uh, so, done favourite song, Restructuring. Uh, now, as we said, as I said earlier, I should say, I think it's a bit controversial to restructure an album that... Uh, it's about 3.20 now. Mm. So, yeah, that was released about 13 hours ago. Yeah. Or 15 hours ago, sorry. But first listen, Hideaway doesn't really have a place on this album, in my no, opinion. It, just sounds, it almost sounds out of place, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after a song like Unreborn Again, that's, you know, a, nearly a seven-minute song, uh, ca- yeah, carries on a little bit too long. It's fairly, you know, low in dynamics and mm. just fairly yeah. m- uh, macabre and mm. s- gloomy and all that. It'd be awesome to hear another, yeah, head like a haunted house in that mm. spot. That's about three, four minutes, just really really fun and aggressive you could even put evil has landed there perhaps yeah uh move yep. that up and then absolutely and yeah even keep hideaway and put hideaway before villains of circumstances i'm just going off the cuff here but yeah um, no, uh, yeah i agree uh, certainly some kind of changes could happen but i think no matter what they put out we would have been thinking about that anyway oh yeah without a doubt so 
yeah, and that's the first time we've ever done it, kind of a first listen, unraveling, literally. Which has been really exciting. Yeah. Um, I know we, we don't really give ratings on this podcast, but first listen, I'd probably give that a four-star album out of five. Yep, absolutely. Um, I'd agree. Yeah, so look, I'm really excited, and we'll probably do this again next month with the release of Foo Fighters' Concrete and Gold. Yes. Uh, which, which will be the first Foo Fighters album we do, which is interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't see us doing one in between now and then, no. especially because we've got a theme month coming, of course, which we'll which we'll revisit in a, in a minute. Overall, villains, queens of the Stone Age, well done, well done. I like what Mark Ronson brought to the table. Yep, I feel that what you hear in Feet Don't Fail Me and the way you used to do, and even Domesticated Animals, those first three songs so beat driven and mm. and all that you don't really hear that in the second half of the album no so again something in that second half that just brightens it up a little bit yeah um, because that just started really strong really really strongly yep now we will move on to what we're doing next week and beyond so we've been teasing for a few weeks now that we've got another fee month coming up in september and i think we should announce it right here and now so everyone knows what to expect next yes. week uh, for the month of September, we will be focusing on supergroups. Yes. Supergroups. So think to your Cream, your Travelling Wilburys, your Audio Slaves, and, yep. and all that. Bands that feature well-renowned artists. From other successful bands. From other successful bands or solo careers. And we're not including artists that started off as you know, nobodies and went on to have brilliant solo careers. So yes, like, they have to have built their yeah, fame. fame before they joined this respective, this new group or whatever. Yep. So like a band like Genesis, for example, Peter Gabriel, Phil Collin and the guitar player, whoever the hell he is, Andy something, I think. All very successful solo careers, but yes. they established themselves as solo artists after Genesis. So a band like Genesis doesn't really count. Yes, because they came from the group rather yeah. than becoming the group yep, yep. exactly uh, on the other hand band like Audio Slave as a random example Chris Cornell and the men- uh, members of Rage Against the Machine yeah come together brilliant example of a super group Chris Cornell coming from Soundgarden of course yep and of course Rage Against the Machine being a well established uh, metal band before they came in yeah absolutely so we've, we've uh, come up with a bit of a list of albums that we we're still kind of teetering with though it's not yeah it's, it's not finalised Probably we'll go a week at a time. I think we'll have to because there's so many, there's so many supergroups of so many different genres as well. Yeah, so. and that's that's in, that's the thing. You know, it's not rooted in the run, one genre, supergroup. No. Although, it's funny because when we were having a look at them earlier, a lot of them we found were you know rock groups. Yeah. Because you know members from other bands and so forth. It's rare you find one that's you know a big pop band. Yeah. Or something like that. So we're yeah. trying to, we're going to try and uh, go. F- find a few different genres but I think what we've found so far is pretty good hmm. might feature someone we featured uh, on this podcast this very podcast yes someone who uh, is the brains child behind Queens of the Stone Age yes absolutely so he might fin- uh, f- feature in one of the super groups we have organised but we're very excited for that uh, so we will uh, record the first podcast beginning of September and release it soon after and there will be four albums so four su- different super groups and among that might be a discussion of concrete and gold as well as, bit of a, as, yep. a, as a bit of a bonus one because we like to do it or we want to do it around the time it's released yeah. because you know it's just excited exciting and I and I really want to do this again where we're listening it, to it for the first yeah. time and if we waited until the end of September I'm not sure if I could you know hold myself from listening to it yeah I agree 
Very good. Well, it's going to be a similar kind of um, style as Metal May, um, yeah. where we're going to be going through it. Yeah. Not necessarily chronologically, mm. but um, something different every week to yes. try and keep it keep it fresh. Yeah. The idea for Supergroup September sort of stemmed from this, <laughs> this show I watched. I think I told you about it a little while ago. It was literally called Supergroup, yeah. if I can recall, and it featured five musicians... <laughs> Uh, who were brought together by the uh, gods of TV or gods of reality TV yeah. uh, to form a band. Mm. So you had Ted Nugent, yeah, you had Jason Bonham, you had Scotty and Evanthrax, you had Sebastian Buck from yep. Skid Row, and yep. some guy from this bassist from this like electronic band or something who I'd never heard of before. And they formed this band called Damnation, yep. as in Damn nation yeah and they it was first of all watch the show because it is absolutely awful tv yeah and it <laughs> and how good is awful TV? and how good is awful we should TV? we should before we do the we should watch it yeah well i'll tell you what yeah uh we'll watch the first episode before uh we do the uh, next podcast and we'll mm. give a little review and <laughs> because it is just it's bad yeah you know, everyone's so stupid and you know we all know like if you put ted nugent and um Sebastian Buck in the same room. You know, God knows what's going to happen. Absolutely. And I think they know that as well. Yep. So, so we'll have we'll have a bit of a mini review of that next yep. week. And yeah, so when we'll have our first Supergroup album. There you go. And we'll, and during the whole Supergroup September, I think it'd be interesting to have a look at how Supergroups have evolved over time. Yeah. You know, what makes a Supergroup unique? Why do they come together in the first place? Is it because of, you know, if we all come together, people will buy our album easily? Yeah. Or, or is it because... Or is it just because, hey, you know, we should do something sometime, just, you know, something musically, because we, we both are on the same page. Yeah. So we'll have a bit of a look at that. I'm excited for it. Absolutely. Look so, forward to it. So a big month coming up. That is our discussion of the album Villains by Queens of the Stone Age. Maybe not the greatest album ever, but I certainly gave it a fair whack. Yeah, absolutely. So until next time, this has been Track by Track with Campbell and Jack. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.